Ma. Ma. <laughs> Welcome to This Is Not About You, a podcast where we explore the mystery of people to satiate our own curiosities. With Megan, my mother, the therapist, and Leah, my daughter, the teenager. Welcome back, everyone. We are excited to introduce our first guest, but first I have to give our disclaimer. This is not therapy. It will never be therapy. If you need a therapist, you should go find one. I highly recommend it. Our first guest is someone near and dear to both of our hearts, conveniently quarantined with us, Kellen. He wears cardigans now. Just in case some of you didn't know that. He is the most likely person in our household to respond to a problem with the statement, there's a blockchain answer to this. <laughs> he is, I mean, stemming off of that. He's a man of many interests. And most importantly, he is a five on the Enneagram. The investigator. Analytical, detached and private. They are motivated by a need to gain knowledge, conserve energy, and avoid relying on others. We hope you enjoy. Yes. Okay. One of our books that we read about the Enneagram. Because now we have a second book. Mm -hmm. One of our many books talks about how the internet is a very dangerous place for fives because oh, yeah. they get sucked in and they can find information about everything that they could ever want to learn about and just go into this intense rabbit hole and they can't get out until they find everything yeah. out. <laughs> so something to know is that me and Leah have a special love for fives. We love fives. Yeah. I love all people. Yeah, I love but all people too. But I find fives quite interesting to be around. Their vice is greed. And that comes from, um, how do you describe that? Well, it's not greed as in hoarding money greed. Yeah. It's greed as in hoarding energy and yeah. time. They're scared that they don't have enough energy. It's yeah. why they are suspicious of people because they're scared they don't have enough energy to fulfill their wishes and they compartmentalize their lives in oh, order to yeah. That's their defense save energy. Mechanism. It's a defense mechanism, which, yeah. you know, stems from Which leads things. to isolation, too, a little mm -hmm. bit. Shall we invite him in? My father. My husband. My wife is throwing gang signs. <laughs> Episode number two. <laughs> it's a peace sign, guys. <laughs> so let's start off with the big thing. Pandemic. Beer virus? No. <laughs> <laughs> he's sipping a beer at the moment. <laughs> yeah. Just so you guys know, because you can't see this, is he's sitting across from the table from me, and he's really cute. I really love being here. <laughs> <laughs> With you during this pandemic? <laughs> okay, so pandemic. This is going to be hard because I can barely get a word in edgewise with you two normally. And now this is about me. <laughs> it's not about you. This, this is, is not, not about, about you. you. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I give you that one. Okay. All right. Is it hard for you to mix the parts of your life? Like you have work and then you have a separate part that's home and i'm not saying the actual challenges of mixing them but just psychologically is it hard to be working at home i would like to phrase that as the different parts of yourself 
because you have your like high up in the tower self and then you have your home self, which is very different. I think it's hard. I think that's pretty clear if you're watching me. But I think it might be for different reasons. Like, it's not that I value maintaining this separate persona or anything like mm-hmm. that. It's that I value personal space mm-hmm. a lot. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, sometimes, like my job that I go to, like I have a private office, and that is a substitute for personal space. It's not a perfect substitute ever, but we're in a very busy time of our lives right now, and we have all kinds of responsibilities. And so that's what substitutes in for personal space is actually just going to work and working really hard. Mm -hmm. But at least it's a defining kind of step out. Uh, Mm -hmm. The loss of that personal space in any form, Mm -hmm. you know, if I could just go to the library or go to a coffee shop or something, it'd be Mm -hmm. be different. But the mixing of work and family and leisure and everything, Mm -hmm. like all together is difficult. Mm -hmm. It's getting better. So... Second question for you about the pandemic, and then we'll move on. What are you feeling? Really, the feeling is I'm a bit pissed off. Hmm. Like, I go from grief to being pissed off. The way I'm interacting with, with other people and the way that I think about things. You know, the world is feels like it's falling all around us. The sky is falling. Our pets' heads are falling off. <laughs> like, like, everything terrible is happening And I should feel very lucky that I have a job that keeps giving me work and keeps giving me money. And like, that's a good thing in these uncertain times. But I really, sometimes I just want to curl into a ball and just stare at Twitter. Like all the obligations that I had before, I still have. Like Mm -hmm. nothing has changed. And so there's all this new stuff to think about. But then everything else that I was doing every single day and every single week, Mm -hmm. I still have to do that. You know, everything else, quarantine responsibilities. So who are you angry at? Just the situation. Yes. Yeah. The virus, the beer virus. Mm-hmm. What else? Like, what's underneath that anger? I'm just. Anger is a secondary emotion. It's, it's sadness, too. Like, I'd like to take a break. Yeah. It's grief and it's worry and anxiety. There's, there's all kinds of stuff underlying it. I, I, I haven't had any angry outbursts, I mm-hmm. don't think, except for when a glass a pencil case fell out of a cabinet. And that lasted maybe 10 seconds. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, like when we talk about secondary feelings, that's just an element of grief. It's hard to explain why you're angry sometimes during situations like this. It's just part of grieving. You go through stages, you'll bounce back to to one and then to another. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I turned a corner a bit. Anyone that's grieving something like you you internalize it and you you start working with it. And like this last week, I've been generally happier, Mm -hmm. but Yeah, I mean, it's just rough. I know it's rough for everyone. I don't know if other people know this. He has someone in our household is the mirror of him. And that is fascinating to me. And I think we should talk about this. Let's put this out there. You brought this up earlier. And I think this is news to both me and Leah. Recent news. Because it's... Like like today. (laughs) No, it's not. It's something Leah's been thinking about. I'm going to bring out... Myers-Briggs. I thought this was not like a a personality type. No, this is something that's really interesting. We're exploring people and personality types are a good aid. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Leah, how she processes information is with feeling and Kellen is with logic. And strength. (laughs) That's not how information works. (laughs) You can't use muscle. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Someone says something and the thought goes straight to his muscles. When it comes to the Enneagram, this is really interesting. 
surprise, a twist is <laughs> that Kellen is a five with a four wing. So that means he is actually drawn to a four, which is the romantic. And Leah is a four with a five wing. So she's the romantic who is drawn to the qualities of the investigator or the observer. So here we are with the father-daughter duo that one leans towards processing information with feelings and the other who processes information with thinking and logic. And this has been really interesting to me and the differences between you guys. It's fascinating. Elucidate. Did you say hallucinate? (laughs) (laughs) I said elucidate, which now that I'm thinking about, I don't even know if that's a word. What I I want you to do is to explain what you mean by that, because you're saying you're observing interesting things. I just don't know what they are. So, Leah, Mm -hmm. tell us about the cognitive dissonance that this causes for you. Oh, I wonder if you feel it sometimes is when I say something that is thinking about something from like a very feelings point of view and you immediately counteract it with some sort of fact and i (laughs) in my brain (laughs) i understand the fact but the fact doesn't have much to do with the feeling in my brain i'm trying to understand how they connect and like where that came from it's confusing like you turn those feelings into logic in a way that doesn't make sense (laughs) this is a long-term struggle that me and your mother have because i communicate half-formed ideas as a way of processing them Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. so sometimes i will talk as a way of considering your ideas I'm sure it comes off at times that I'm trying to be argumentative, but my way of processing things is to come up with like a counterexample or come up with a different way of thinking about it and then continue to talk through it. I think me and me and mom, we've talked for hours and hours and hours and hours and days and months and years because we've known each other a very long time. And so we've kind of come up with a rhythm for the most part, like we can understand each other. Sometimes we just have to talk more. But for you, I think it's a bit different because you come at it and you're feeling something when you say mm-hmm. it. And I can't help myself. <laughs> yeah. I can't help myself because I have to start processing. And, yeah. and and part of it is that I'm I'm professionally trained this way. But you've always been this way. I've known you since you were young. You know, you and I, since like before we even dated, we were friends. We would just argue without end. Yeah. I'm almost never invested in a factual yeah, argument yeah. where I think you are. You love to goad people Actually, like, that have those feelings. I think that's an interesting outlook for you to have on it. I think I am invested, but only very temporarily most of the time because the way I think isn't feelings. It's not feelings. I'm thinking, but often those thoughts come with feelings. For me, they are completely intertwined. When you make a decision, you're going to like, you know, do you feel good about it? Yeah, I'll feel it out. I think about it, obviously. Yeah. But like... You guys have a huge commonality. You guys both like soak up information. So you guys have really interesting conversations and you are interested in the same things. It's just how you process them are different. There's lots of things at play here. One, Leah is... I also happen to think that, like all parents think about their kids, that she's like incredibly smart and bright and all those things. And so I like to talk to you about stuff mm-hmm. because it's like 
talking to someone that's willing to engage on that level and it's really interesting but you're also my kid and so I'm sure that sometimes it turns into me talking at you versus with you hopefully not too often but I'm sure that that happens I was just talking to some of my work colleagues you know before the beer virus hit like when I could actually (laughs) talk to my work colleagues we were talking about superpowers like people have like superpowers you know Mm -hmm. and like they're they're kind of hidden skills Mm -hmm. and I was just being self-deprecating as like I don't have any hidden skills and both of the people in the room they're like oh you have you have any hidden skills what are you talking about and the one that they alluded to is my ability to read people. I can like read the room pretty mm-hmm. well. So when you and I are getting in these little spats, I'm looking at Leah, part of me knows that I'm goading you and I can't help myself. <laughs> and, and I don't know, I don't You've know where that comes from. You've done it forever. You've always done this. I think you can hone in on when, when someone's really going to react to something with feeling. And you can separate yourself from that feeling without yeah, but, getting too engaged. But I'm not mean. Oh, oh no, I'm not, that's not, not what we're saying. We're and saying I know it's I'm being goaded and I yeah. am giving into goading. So. Yeah, well, and, and I get goaded my fair share. So Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's it's kind of a weird thing because I care about everybody, like mm-hmm. how they feel. And mm-hmm. I, I don't mm-hmm. want people to think that I'm mean or that I don't. Oh, no, no. Mean. Or that I, I, I don't care about them. But then I also have these interactions with people where I will argue very rationally when someone else is doing it. And it's never mean-spirited. Mm-hmm. I think that that is just how I talk about things. Yes. That's how you process things. Yeah. That's like your actual makeup is how you process things. And it's really helpful to know that about you. I'm a hardcore skeptic. Yeah. Like I'm mm-hmm. skeptical of everything and everyone. Yeah. Leah called it low-key paranoia. Yeah, low-key is the word that all the high schoolers are using in the, and you I don't, don't understand You have to explain it. that to other people. They know that. Yeah, but... <laughs> You're like the oldest person <laughs> listening to this podcast. But, but so what, what does, what, what does low-key mean? It's because exactly it's not... Exactly what it sounds like. Yeah, you're not paranoid, but you do tend to... Sometimes you just surprise me because of like, I think you're skeptical of any decisions or thoughts that are coming out of feeling a lot of the times we'll say something and you just like turn it down so fast you assume like (laughs) our engineer just sneezed she might have the virus (laughs) sometimes you just say things and you it's like they someone has alternative motives so i think that it's just that's this is how i i try out ideas i'm an okay communicator i can string series of thoughts together in a way that makes sense. But just because I've strung a series of thoughts together in a way that makes sense doesn't mean that that's like what I believe. Like that's my way of just problem solving. The same way that like some people do a brain dump on a on a piece of paper. This has caused me problems my entire life because I have the ability to string thoughts together. So like my first drafts of essays, I can basically print and they're like a decent essay. I don't have this hardcore revision process. And so it's easy to take draft work product whether verbal or written from me and assume that that's like my final form and mm-hmm. it's not i speak in drafts a lot and, mm. and that's how i process and that's so a good way to put it they, they're fully formed ideas and people will take them that the, those are my ideas you say really them ideas. often as a statement yeah, yeah. no that's what i mean that's <laughs> yeah well and lacking feeling and, and we yeah you say it like lacking feeling and as a statement and me and mom will look at each other like what did he just say this is very compelling. I can't tell if you're being sarcastic. I just said that as a statement. <laughs> I'm trying it out. 
I'm going to have to bring fives into this. No, you don't. Yes, I do. Don't do it. I'm going to do it. (laughs) I'm going to do it. All right. So apparently I'm a five. Go ahead. I think this makes more sense. So fives tend to have layers where like a place they go to to be alone and kind of do their own thing and recharge a little bit. And I know you've had those in the past, but I also noticed that you sink into music kind of the way you might sink into a lair. I said before that my privacy or having my own space is very important. One of the hard things about growing up is that the things that are important to you become less important to you personally. Mm-hmm. And so like, I can think of a very like, physical lair that I had when me and Megan first got married. Where I literally, it was like a hole in the ground in our basement. It was so scary, everyone. <laughs> it was so scary. I am horrified still when I think about what he, where he would go. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you had to like go out and then back in and then down. And it was like dug into the basement almost. Yeah, it was like someone literally took a pickaxe into some rock in this basement. But I had set up like this whole little project studio in there. I had my recording equipment. And it was cool to me, I guess. But then <laughs> I spent a lot of time down there and I was going through like a kind of rough time. And I wrote, <laughs> wrote this song called, called The Struggle down there. And I just blasted it. I'm sure mom remen- remembers. Horrifying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, we won't go into what the, what the lyrics were, but, it, but that was definitely like a place of, of solace. Music has always kind of been that part. Can I point something out to you? Is that you didn't have a lot of privacy growing up. And I think Leah had that question. I think that's actually a really good question because music kind of was an appropriate way for you to have privacy. Well, so I'm wondering if that's true. Yeah. So, so in my house growing up, my dad was a music teacher, also a musician, and also a recording engineer. And so we always had. A music studio and my older brother wasn't really particularly interested in music and my younger brothers were young mm-hmm. um, and so they're into music now but when we were growing up they were still in diapers basically we had six kids at home two parents lots of pets there wasn't a lot of you know and cousins like yeah. like little like rabbits basically just imagine a bunch of little rabbits, little dens of rabbits, like coming poking in and out of each other's little dens. That's that was his family. Yeah, the yeah, Mormons. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, there there wasn't a lot of space, but then there was this room with all these knobs and like you could poke the holes into the speakers, and so it was like an off limits area. Mm-hmm. But it was this thing that I connected with my dad on, and I was kind of allowed to use the studio. That was my place. Like we had this dingy, it's like had brown carpet. And I, I mean, it, maybe it informs my design choices now. I had uh, wood paneled walls. Oh my gosh. <gasps> That's why he's yeah. obsessed Every, with wood. No, well, he, he always talks about when he has like his own office in the house one day, he's just going to have wood paneling everywhere. So the first one that I remember growing up, it had wood paneled walls in the control room. But then it was this place that like, the other kids would get yelled at if they went in there. The, my older brother, Tyler, he could go in there if he wanted, but he wasn't like really interested in music. So it was, was kind of like my, my place. Mm-hmm. Then when I grew older, after we got married, I still had band rooms. Mm-hmm. I would spend two nights a week for hours basically playing with my friends. It's like an adult jungle gym. 
it, it was grandfathered into our marriage somewhat. Like <laughs> this was this was what Kellen's life looks like. And so that became the only place that I had kind of my own thing. And then th- that's kind of slowly got carved away over time. And so I think music is different. I don't, this is probably not based on science or anything, but it feels like you get into a flow state mm-hmm. and your your brain waves kind of like mm-hmm. relax and get get on a sink or something. Mm-hmm. And so I can grab a guitar and just everyone can be running around. Mm-hmm. But if I'm into what I'm doing, it's it's still kind of going into yeah. a place. And I think I see Leah doing that too for sure. Like when she's out here drumming or whatever, mm-hmm. like she can put her headphones in and we're all milling about. But she's kind of like. It feels like, you know that feeling when your brain narrows, when you're like playing a sport and you can't. What? <laughs> yeah, no. I, what? Yeah. No. It's been a while. Yeah, tell what? us about these sports you're playing. I just like, when I played soccer in like sixth grade, there's like oh, moments you, while the, you're playing. Really? Where Leah had these moments where she just like really zoned in. I wouldn't say that th- m- music is definitely more so. but i I learned something new tonight (laughs) well you know it wasn't that intense but there are moments where like when you're doing something that you're not thinking about anything else and i think music like that is a it's a very easy way to slip into that space Mm -hmm. in your mind Mm -hmm. yep yeah it requires physical action plus you have to be free and relaxed mentally but also concentrated i mean it's the definition of a flow state I think that I get, and maybe you do too, Leah, I get a lot out of sitting and playing, like I did it today. I was, we have, we're doing this podcast, we have some new equipment that I'm playing with, and I just sat out here and played guitar for a little bit, mm-hmm. and played with some delays, and, and it probably ended up being like a half hour or more, but it seemed like five minutes. But I get a crappy version of that by like flipping through social media on my phone. It's a very similar yeah. place that I go to. And so I think that I'm prone to like, being easily distracted by stuff like that because it feels like the same kind of cycle in my brain that's going on, mm-hmm. but it's not useful. And I don't, I, I come out of playing music more relaxed and energetic and I come out of scrolling through my phone tired and distraught. Yeah. I mean, another thing for me is reading. Yeah. And that is, has always been like a place I go. And I think an important part of me having a place to go even if it's just in my mind is somewhere where i'm not thinking mm-hmm. and i agree with dad on the social media thing because i think the social media thing is kind of a poor substitute where it distracts you from what you're thinking but like stuff still slips in and you're like it's still connected to yeah but can i point out that a lot of people use that i just think that you guys use it differently like that's something that's interesting about you too i didn't know that but a lot of people use social media if they're internal processors or introverts because it's a way to shut down everyone around you like it's a place to go and it doesn't feel super great but it's a place to go whereas you know music for you guys feels different mm-hmm. I think that I have some different ones. I don't know if Leah has other ones, but I built random electronics. I've worked on cars. Like there's all these tinkery things that, yeah. that do the same thing for me. Even just like setting up this audio equipment, it's taking a little vacation, you know. Music is one of those things because you can move towards mastery. And so is the tinkery things that I do. This is one thing I have to do is change the brakes on our car. But it's something I've done 10 times before. I know how to do it. When I do it, it's going to feel really good. I think that that also fits within the, this layer concept. This is something you guys have in common, this collecting hobbies thing. 
I was actually thinking about why you were talking about that, because there's parts of my job that are also very tinkery. Yeah. I do these pretty complex transactions, and a lot of my job is making sure something slots in at the right time and creatively problem-solving around the structure. We're talking around something that I, I don't really understand what... I can't put words into it, but there's, mm-hmm. there's this type of problem-solving music, baking... Solving complex transactions, working on cars, they all kind of do the same thing. I just don't know what it is. It's collecting information. And and then deploying it in some way. Yeah. When you, you like have a final product, mm-hmm. you're creating something. Based on our conversations, Lee, I think that your mind might work similarly to mine. But mm-hmm. I think that it's a blessing and a curse to have a mind that's constantly going. You know? Like you, you can do you can have a lot of output. Yeah. Like a lot of ideas, but it's very hard to turn off. And so I think that these activities that allow you to turn it off and mm-hmm. take that working and apply it to one thing mm-hmm. become like very addictive. What are these? These are just qualities of the investigator or observer. So this is the five you guys have been talking about? Yeah. They need to protect privacy and they need a space in solitude. Yes. Often this comes out as layers. Yes. Um, they have depth and knowledge in several areas, and this is extremely clear. You collect random information. Let's list some of the ways. Bread making. <laughs> Bread making. <laughs> which making. he did today, and is- he he really developed that years ago. I mean, the list of things is very great. Knives. Car tinkering. Music equipment and recording and all that stuff. Fishing. Woodwork. Building things. Python coding. Amp building. That is really a crossroads of Yeah, it's just there's no like clear path. There's just a lot of random knowledge. Blockchain. He just soaks up information. So the tendency to think that people are like want something from you. I feel like you guys had a prior thought and you're trying to push the conversation in some way. Because I don't don't think that that's an actual trait of mine. That is a five general trait. And we're exploring if that's a thing with you. I don't, I don't think I think the worst about people and especially how they're reacting. And that's why we were saying that it's low, low key. key. But <laughs> I, I don't think that you are paranoid or anything or that I, I just disagree with that. But maybe that's because of your foreness. So like your romanticizing and your empathy that you have more than other fives. But you do surprise me. And I think this comes from the thinking thing, not the Enneagram. Like, I think this is just how your brain, like how you process information, that there's not a lot of feeling when it comes out, you know, like in how you're processing it. So I think you sometimes say things and it's just so you know, like it's shocking to other people because it's like, why, how did you even think of that? Like, there's a lot of times I'll be telling you about something and I'll be like, oh yeah, that was great. And then you'll be like, you'll say something that clearly have alternative motives to this. And I'm like, whoa, I, I would have never thought that. Like, what is wrong with you that you think that? <laughs> like, seriously, because I think, I mean, you just, I don't know if that comes from the logic thinking and like thinking about, you just don't understand the feeling behind it. Yeah. So tell me, tell me about th- this, for this archetype mm-hmm. that apparently I am. I may talk in terms of rational thoughts, but mm-hmm. I feel a lot. Yeah. And yeah. so how, how does that work? Um, so number one, you're, you have a four wing and fours internally feel the most and think about their feelings a lot. On the other hand, fives 
try and separate their thoughts from their emotions. And so I think and you are we, probably a strange mix of that. And that's I why don't we know like how you it so works. Much. We like you so much. It's so cool. So why you separate your thoughts from your feelings is because you put a ton of importance, and I think this is true for you, on being impartial, right? Like you want to approach a situation without feeling because it makes you a better decision maker. And I really think you think that's true. I, I think that is true. Part of that is probably just the way I am. Yeah. Part of that is I, I grew up in like a um, like a, a religious Magical thinking. Yeah, a religious environment, and so there was lots of competing narratives going around, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, that's kind of a this this isn't to slam on my upbringing at all. I think it's typical in, in like lots of families, but mm-hmm. where you have this set of beliefs, but then you also react rationally, mm-hmm. like so. You, you know, if you took your kind of magical beliefs. Yeah, but I grew up in a similar environment and I respond with feeling. Like I make a lot of decisions from like how I feel about it. Yeah, yeah, no, that's probably, maybe it's just the way I am. I think it is. It's also like, you know, I'm it's just interesting. I'm a lawyer, like law school is completely about yeah, like you taking were all, the feeling He's always it. been like this. He's always been like this. You just this got is, very close to the microphone. Yeah, because I'm going to emphasize that I've known you since junior high. And you've always been like this. And I think it's what also attracts me to you. It's because it's interesting. It's shocking. And I like shocking, apparently. Okay. <laughs> so virtue is Im- being impartial. That's what you think is your virtue. Vice is greed. And greed is doesn't mean like stinginess, like in terms of material things. It is in time. Yeah. I'm, I am greedy about time. That's yeah. for sure. And like your energy. Yeah. What people want from you. Defense mechanism is isolation and compartmentalizing. See, now I feel like this whole conversation was like <laughs> trying to put me in a box, but that's that's probably true. The compartmentalizing, we can talk about it with you a little bit. We love this from our little perches. We think this is super funny and interesting because we know other fives and we love them. And they will like make these little hobbies where they only involve certain people like or people that know about it or whatever. And they do that in multiple areas of their lives and it makes them really happy, but they don't like them to mix too much. I just want to (laughs) say you... It's a privacy thing. Don't compartmentalize as... Particular fives I know where we found out the compartmentalizing thing, and I was like, it all makes sense. Yeah, I mean, you guys don't know me. Kim. I, I'm not. I'm <laughs> no, no, that's true. All no, right. no, no. I, I am an extreme compartmentalizer, especially like socially. Like the people that like yeah. I'm, I'm close to, I have lots of different groups, mm-hmm. and they will never meet. Have you ever? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Have you? Oh. That's so. I, I, I do not have a secret family, so that's good. That's, I don't see how you could. <laughs> um, do you know where that comes from? Have you thought about that? Because I think I know. So, I mean, not like I'm not talking about the past, but like what motivates that? That's not normal for for other people, like, or that's not like their norm. I have no. I've always been that way. Yeah, I think it comes from the privacy thing and protecting your energy. That's the easiest way to do it, right? It's like you don't have to get so emotionally involved with all those groups if you're just rotating them constantly. Yeah. So th- this is actually less relevant now, but it used to be more relevant. Is that you know when I was younger and less self-assured and secure i i was literally like a different person in different groups yeah and so there's like you worry about the groups talking to each other because they're yeah. gonna know different people you know what's that 
one quote. And it's not it's not like they're like there's a web of lies or anything, but it's just these people, the Kellen that this group knows is, might be different than the Kellen. And like, what if they talked? You yeah, know? yeah. And that's like much less relevant now. I'm I'm much more secure with myself. The people like in all the different groups, they know the same person. Yeah. But it's like a hangover from that. I think. Yeah. Like that's that's what I feel like it comes from. Yeah. There was one example in our book that our Bible. <laughs> that is. Is this in Leviticus? No, this is no. in. Uh, Isn't that all about numbers? No, that's numbers. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> so this one was like he showed up to his five friends' funeral and wasn't expecting very many people to be there. And then he got you know, there. He loves his five friend, by the way. I think it was his, one of his close friends. And he got there and. It was like crowded and everyone there was, there was shocked. standing like, had like people... everyone there was like, what the heck? I didn't know there were others. And they all felt really close to him too. Like he was like this special person in their lives, but he had compartmentalized so much that he had the people from his bird watching group and the people from his like support group and then his, his coworkers and. That's just funny. Well, I mean, that's kind of weird. I mean, I don't think I'm, I don't have that many friends. Like, I don't think you guys would <laughs> but, be surprised if, so, <laughs> if but I died. One but one day, you know, yeah. like that might, that might be true for you. But I, I think that may, I don't know if this is true of, of these five people you guys are mm-hmm. talking about, but it's definitely true of me is that I have like deep personal relationships with lots of people in different mm-hmm. groups. Yeah. And I think that's hard for other people to maintain. But for me, like, that's just kind of how it is. Like, I have yeah. a lot of people just have a few close friends. I have like a lot of, like not close close friends, but people that I've like created deep relationships Genuine with. Genuine and yeah. authentic relationships with. I think that's really important for people to understand about like you and people like you and like Leah. That's a really good point ways. on fives. That's yeah. a good way of putting yeah, it. Yeah, because they are like really special. We really like fives. It's not that they don't like people. It's just they operate a little bit differently to protect themselves. And we all have, you know, things that we protect ourselves with. So here's your intuitive style is detaching attention from thoughts and feelings in order to impartially observe. Let's make this about me really quick. Are you a... What? Are you a five? No, I'm a one. All right. All right. (laughs) This is about you. Yeah, this is about me. I think that we react to this, you and me, in our relationship. Like, you take away feeling and thought to be impartial. Like, when you say things, it's like fact. Like, it's like my feelings are brushed aside, like my logic and how I compiled this information. I mean, we've talked about this a lot, you know, but I think that's an interesting way to put it. It's not that you don't think that those are valid. It's that you are trying really hard to be impartial. I'm so glad you're a five. I can't tolerate all this emotion and feeling. Luckily, I am not in the feeling triad. She is. <laughs> you, you guys are using words and concepts that I have no yeah, idea what no, they mean. I know, but I'm just, you don't have to understand this, but I come from the gut triad. You know, I do things she from my gut. She comes from a place of anger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is very true. Yeah. But I'm just saying, but I really appreciate you. I think that all this negative stuff that was in the beginning is, that's not how I want you to receive it. I like the superpower thing. Like, yeah. not only that, but I think fives and the reason I like them so much is that they are not only interesting to be around. Because they have so much information. But they're provide. really thoughtful people yeah. and they're not unreasonable. Oh, that's nice. And yeah. like that doesn't sound like a big deal, except it's a really big one because I find 
when I have discussions and stuff with fives, they will listen to my opinions and mm-hmm. think about them and mm-hmm. they will admit to being wrong and come around. I find when I argue with other people, sometimes that doesn't happen. I like how you say argue because that's what's happening is you're trying, you're, you're arguing with them. Yeah. I like to argue. Yeah. Um, I think what your coworkers were saying about like what your superpower is, is that you observe quietly because you're the observer. I think being thoughtful is, doesn't mean that you're completely devoid. You you don't notice feelings. Like I Mm -hmm. see feelings in other people and I'm very thoughtful about them. I think. I can see when someone's reacting with their feelings and it's extraordinarily apparent mm-hmm. sometimes. And I think that that is like the superpower. Yeah. It's like you, yeah. you can see where people are flipping back and forth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not that I have any superpower at all, but if I have one, that I think could be it. Superpower yeah. is relative. Yeah. We all that. have our particular strengths. Yeah. So anyways, we really appreciate you. Well, I appreciate you too. Thank you for coming on our podcast. We really got a lot out of this. Did you want to put me in the five box? No, no we, already, we already knew you're you for were in the sure five. a five we, with the four. We've had that figured out for a long oh time. Oh my gosh, which I we've love. had that figured out since Christmas. No, you're a five with the four wing. You're a observer that has a little bit leaning towards the romantic. You know, let's just read this for a second. A five with the four wing is more creative than just normal fives. More sensitive, empathetic, and more self-absorbed. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there we go. Yeah. (laughs) And I find that to be true about you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, great.